welcome back for another episode of the Join Infertility Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and my hope is that you will join me on this road of finding joy, even in infertility. This week, I'm interviewing Anna Light. She's an author, blogger, and fellow podcaster, and guys, she has never struggled personally with infertility. So why am I interviewing her? Because I met Anna a while back at a retreat when she was sharing about her struggle with insecurity. As she was sharing, I had a mind-altering, paradigm-shifting revelation about some lies that I had been believing for three years about myself, but really about God. I had not even launched the podcast yet, but I knew she had to share this with you guys when I did. It's really not gender-specific. It's not weight-specific. It's it's just kind of a human problem because we are human and in any area of our life, um, there are so many different ways that insecurity manifests itself. So here's the deal. I want you to listen to what Anna has to say today because even though she hasn't walked your journey per se, she is going to walk you right up to facing some lies that you may be believing specifically with infertility. She did for me, so I know she will for you. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So before we get started, I want you to tell us a little bit about you and your family. Yeah, I'd love to. I am married to Cody Light, who is probably the greatest human on earth. I know a lot of women can say that, but I really, I really believe that. <laughs> um, and we have two awesome kids. Ethan is six and Emma just turned five. And we homeschool right now, and we're actually made the decision in the fall to send them to school for the first time to public school. So that's a big change for us, an exciting, exciting change. So love my kids, love my family. We have fun together. So I met you, um, what was it, about a month and a half ago. We have a mutual friend, and I got invited to a mom's little retreat weekend at your mom's house, which was such a great weekend. Um, I just love your mom. And you got to share a little bit about something that you're super passionate about, which is insecurity. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about why you are so passionate about this? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a homeschool family with seven children and knew God at a young age, but I grew up very, very insecure with myself and also very overweight as a teenager and young adult. And so through my life, I just developed extreme social anxiety and fear of what others think and really had a hard time listening to the lies of the enemy. And to the point where I didn't want to live anymore, I was very, very depressed and just didn't have a purpose And so thank God in his mercy that he reached down and through just, you know, what I've learned growing up about God and, and just turning my heart to him to where it was like my own faith and not a faith of my parents, I was able to really start walking a new journey toward freedom. And it was freedom away from insecurities. And through my journey, God was like, you need to write a book. And I was like, I don't want to write a book. (laughs) I'm too insecure to write a book about insecurity, you know? And so it was like, I don't want to write this. And he said, I have given you this testimony and I want you to share it with other people because there are people just like you struggling in depression, struggling in disbelief, struggling in insecurities. And I want you to help 
free them with the words that I have given you. And for so for 10 years, almost, I put it off. I put it off. I put it off. I was scared until finally God was like, no, you need to do what I've asked you to do. And I didn't want to disobey him anymore because I knew it was hurting our relationship. And so I wrote the book (laughs) and I'm so glad I did. Right. Because there is so much blessing on the other side of obedience that you just don't know until you do it. And so I wrote a book about overcoming insecurities and God was right. It is such a need that people have that I didn't even know. It's something we don't really want to talk about because it can make us feel uncomfortable. It can make us feel vulnerable, but it's something that we have to talk about because otherwise we're isolated. And when we're isolated, that's where the enemy can really get into our minds and keep telling us those lies that we believe. And so in talking about insecurities and bringing them to the light, we are able to break the stronghold that they have on us. And so I'm so passionate about helping people overcome their insecurities because I myself have been freed from so much. Well, so for those of us who are listening and saying, well, I don't really deal with, you know, my uh, you know body image or I'm not insecure about that. How, what are some some ways that we are some signs that we would, we could know that we are actually dealing with some insecurities. Yeah. I think everyone struggles with insecurity in one form or another. It's really not gender specific. It's not weight specific. It's, it's just kind of a human problem because we are human and in any area of our life, um, there are so many different ways that insecurity manifests itself. And here are just a few signs, not the whole comprehensive list or anything, but maybe you can find yourself in this, uh, in this list. One is that a person who's insecure, they may spend a lot of time comparing themselves to others on what they have. And I don't, or what they're able to do. And I can't, or even the flip side of, well, I'm better than them because of this finding a sense of security and being better or worse than another. So comparing, um, you could also fear strong and gifted and confident people. They threaten you because they have something that you feel like you don't, they have a confidence and, and you, you're just threatened by them. So that's another list or another thing that, that could show that you're struggling with some insecurity. Um, one is that you're, you're only able to feel comfortable around people who need you. You like those needy people because they give you a sense of security. Another thing is you have a need to control everyone in your world. It, control is such a false sense of security. Um, and so control can be a sign of insecurity. And then another one is that you build cases against people in your mind to feel better about yourself. And I, I have so done this. Um, you know, people will have great accomplishments or people will, you know, do something that God's called them to do. And I'll, I'll stew, I'll be over here stewing in my mind, or I used to stewing in my mind. Oh, well, they're not that great because blah, 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 blah. You know? And so you're building a case against this person because you're not okay with yourself. And that is a form of insecurity. That is a form of not knowing who you are and not having a firm grasp on your true identity. And so basically that's what insecurity is, is just, we don't know who we are. 
We don't know our true identity or who God has called us to be. And so we fall back into insecurity and, and believing lies. And so those are just a few of the ways that people can, can maybe see that working in their life. And I, you know, I don't hit all five of those things, but there's two or three that I'm like, yep, that's me. And I feel like that's how most of us are, especially women that we're like, oh, we're good. And then you list that list and you're like, oh, wait a second. I do that. And I do that. And when you actually shared this, we were, like I said, we were at that mom's retreat and this was a very safe, safe place for us. Like it was about 20 women. We were all sitting around your mom's living room and everyone was just, I mean, it it seemed like we're all solid, you know, mature women. We can, you know, we're good, but deep down what we didn't realize is that everybody was dealing with this. And when you said those five things, this lady spoke up and she said, yeah, I've been spending all morning, like looking at my socks and how they're, they're, they're two different shades of gray, meaning they're two different socks. And everyone else has like the same matching socks. And I'm just feel like everyone's sitting here saying, that I'm not put together. And we all just laughed because it was just a silly example of how like even the littlest things were so insecure about it, especially around other women. Yeah. And so I love, I love that. Yeah. That's, that was so funny. Um, and it broke a lot of walls down. I think when that happened, Um, because honestly, one of the forms of insecurity that I talk about in my book is we have a fear of what others think. And that the truth is people don't think about you the way you think they think about you. They're not, they're not paying any attention to you. Why? Because they're, they're too worried about themselves. Each of us are focused on ourselves to the point where we don't see those little things. We don't see the, the things that we think might, um, cause people to judge us. People aren't even seeing those things. They're too wrapped up in their own world to even pass judgment on you. And in fact, if they do pass judgment on you, or if they are talking bad about you or whatever, they're doing that out of their own insecurity. <laughs> you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. doing that because they're not okay with themselves. And so there's so much freedom in that to me, to be exactly who I am, to be the person that God's called me to be without having that fear of what others think, because they don't people don't think about you. (laughs) It's just, it's a funny thought to have, but it's so true. But here's where, so this next part that I want you to talk about is where the light went off for me. And it was where you compared the lies versus the facts. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, when we boil it down, insecurity is basically bondage and it's bondage to believing lies bondage to believing the lies of the enemy that will tell us things that do not align with the truth of God's word. And the problem for so many people is that they listen to these lies and they think that they're true because maybe the evidence of your life makes them feel true. But the truth of the matter is they're not who you are. Okay. And so what we talked about in this, in this time is the difference between a truth and a fact. Okay. A fact of life and a truth of God's word. So facts are simply facts and the enemy loves to use them to confuse our identity, but they are not our identity. (laughs) Um, They do not have the power to define us except the power that we give them. So Mm -hmm. when we allow these facts to define who we are, we see ourselves through the wrong lens. And for me growing up, 
the fact was I was an overweight person and my weight held me back from my full potential because I was so body conscious. I was so insecure, so worried about what people thought. And so I internalized that I am fat. I'm the fat girl. I, I don't look the way I want to look. And I almost, I internalized it to the point where it was my identity. And I identified with the weight so much that I couldn't lose it. And so God showed me that was a lie I was believing. You know, a lie that I'm ugly because of the way I look. Or I have nothing to offer because of the way I look. And it wasn't true. That was not where my identity was found. And so for for others who might not struggle the way I did, you know, a fact might be that you are not organized or you you can't figure out this life. But the, the lie is that you're a bad person or a bad mom or a bad, you know, employee. That's that's it steals your identity. The lie will always steal your identity. And um, we just have to differentiate between a fact of life and a lie that we're identifying with. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so what you did when you shared that with us, you said, okay, I want everyone to take a few minutes and write down some facts about your life and then write down some maybe lies that you're believing about those facts. And, you know, I, I didn't really know where I was going, but I knew, I knew that the fact of life that was kind of heavy on my heart. Um, the fact of life is that I wanted to have more kids by now. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know where my pen was going when I was writing, but I, as soon as I just, as I just started writing, the fact of life is that I wanted more kids by now, but the lie that I'm believing is that it's because I'm not a good enough mom to the one I have that I don't have mm -hmm. more. And God's holding that back. And as soon as I wrote it, I covered it up because there were people around me and I didn't want them to see how like, it just felt dirty to write that out because it was so wrong. I, I would never say I'm a bad mom. I mean, no, I'm not perfect. And I, and I mess up and I lose my patience, but I would never, I would never categorize myself as that. But as soon as I wrote it, it was like, I was having all these layers of flashbacks and memories over the last three years that every time I lost my patience, it was like a little, just a little bit, a little plug in my brain. Like, see, if you could control this, you would be able to have more kids. Mm -hmm. If you can't handle this temper tantrum, or if you can't handle this meltdown, then how are you supposed to handle two? You'll never get more until you can handle this. And it was, it, it was just the enemy, just like, just taking over my, a dream that I had and just, just punishing me with something that was not even real. And I know I hear all the time with um, people that are dealing with, you know, infertility is, the fact is that, or they, they think maybe God's holding them back, holding their kids back because they made bad choices when they were a teen or dating, you know, maybe they were too promiscuous as a teenager. And I just, that's such a lie. Yeah. The fact is, yeah, you made some bad choices, own it and confess it and move on. But God is not withholding because you made a poor decision 10 years ago. That is so, that is so crazy. And as soon as we realize like that is not true. That is a lie and the enemy is having a heyday in our mind yeah. with it. And every circumstance that comes up, every negative pregnancy test and every you know public announcement on Facebook from your friends is just the enemy says, see, you should have made better choices. If you wouldn't have done this, if you would have followed God here, 
you would, you would be having your own announcement. You'd have your own positive pregnancy tests and it's, it's a lot. Yeah. And we have to differentiate those. Yeah. Because that's not even God's nature. You know, I mean, no. God's nature is not to punish. That is not that. That's why he sent Jesus. Jesus took the punishment for us. And so right. anytime that you feel like God is punishing you for something that you did, or he's holding out on you, we really have to look mm-hmm. at our understanding of God's true nature and say, do we really know him? Do we really know his true nature? Because that's not him at all. No, we don't fully understand him. And no, we will never fully understand his timing for things. But we can trust that he is good. And mm-hmm. that's where I think the enemy wants to lie to us is that God is not good. And God is mad at you. And God is holding this. He could give it to you. He could give it to you, your dreams, your, your aspirations, a baby. He could give it to you, but he's not because you're not doing X, Y, and Z. That's not how God works at all. God is infinitely good and God is infinitely complete and he is infinitely loving. And when we can correct our understanding of his true nature, we will begin to see the lies for what they are. And it's almost like a double-edged sword with the lies. Like when I believe the lie that I'm not, that because I'm a, you know, I'm a bad mom, I lose my temper. God's not giving me another child. It's not only am I believing a lie about myself, but like you said, I'm believing a lie about the character of God. Now I'm interpreting, not only am I a bad mom, but God is really a bad God because he's withholding a good gift or he is wanting perfection from me. That is not, that's not who he is. And so it's, it's kind of like we are, it's a double lie. And that's just, we have to, we have to take those thoughts captive and say, no, wait a second. Is this bringing shame or is this, is this really who God is, who his character is? So true. So what do you recommend after we identify like, okay, so I'm believing some lies here. Now, what do I do? Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I talk about is bringing the lies to the light because it is in the darkness of your mind where the enemy does his best work, where no one can hear the things that you're thinking, where no one knows the struggles that you're having. When you can bring them to the forefront of your mind with some quiet time, with some journaling, and even sharing them with a friend, bring those lies to the light. And in that practice alone, they begin to lose power. Like you said, you wrote down, you wrote down, I'm a bad mom. And, and you're like, wait a second, that doesn't even sound right. Like that, that, that doesn't even look right because you wrote it down and it's staring back at you. And you're like, what? I, I really am believing that. But when it's in, when mm-hmm. it's in our mind, it can get lost and it can build and it can grow and it can overtake us. And so we have to be diligent and bringing things out of the darkness and into the light so that they will lose their power so that the enemy will lose his power over us. And so I talk a lot about that, just being able to identify those lies, write them down, share them with a friend so that you can begin to replace the lie with truth. Okay. And so mm-hmm. I talk to so many women about this 
and share this in my book is when I was struggling with my insecurities and the lies that I believed about myself, I had to do this. I wrote them down. I got them out of my head and onto paper. And then I began to find truth to counter the lie because truth is the answer. Truth is the key to believing lies. And where do we find truth? We find it in the word of God. And so we have to ask ourselves, what are we putting in front of our faces more often? Are we putting God's truth in front of our face more often, or are we listening to lies more often? And so when you're able to find truth to counter the lie that you believe about yourself, you will begin to rewire your brain to believe truth instead of lies. So, you know, you might be in your quiet time or you might open your Bible and ask God to, to bring a scripture to you, to bring your scripture to you, the scripture that you're going to hold on to when you have that negative pregnancy test or the scripture that you're going to speak over yourself when you see those announcements come on Facebook and your heart drops. And you're going to Mm -hmm. say, I am not going to believe this negative thing anymore. I am not going to believe that God's holding out on me anymore. No, I'm going to find a scripture that says he will give you the desires of your heart as you delight yourself in him. And that might be your scripture and, and, you know, memorize it, dig into it, look up the the Hebrew words for, for, you know, for those Mm -hmm. those specific things that stand out to you. Mm -hmm. Post it all over your house in your car, share it with someone uh, you know, tell your husband what you're choosing to believe instead of of this lie. And I will tell you from personal experience and from watching other people walk through this, it will change your heart and mind. Yeah. It will change you. You will begin to identify with truth mm-hmm. and no longer identify with the lie. You will begin to have a power that rises within you a confidence that says, my God is good because you know him better and you're holding on to truth. You're firmly grounded in the truth of his word. So nothing will be able to take you down. And that's what my encouragement is. There is so much in that little section that you just went into. I just, so I feel like before any trials in our lives, we probably base most of our faith in our circumstances. Life's good. God's good. And the second, you know, cancer hits, infertility hits, death hits, it's, it, we start to have to challenge our beliefs. Like, wait a second, is God really who he says he is? And I, I say at the end of every episode, there is beauty to be born from this journey. And that's, this is, that's kind of what I'm referring to is what you just said is that this is a refining process. Every time we have those negative thoughts or, you know, that jealousy or insecurities, it's a time for us to say, wait a second. What, let's let's look at what's going on. Let's put it on paper. Let's share it with a friend. Find a scripture and replace that thought. And we become deeper followers of Christ because of our journey, because of this road that we're on. And so there is beauty to be found in where we are because it's refining us and making us better. Yeah, yeah the thing is, God, He wastes nothing. And you know, a circumstance that you have no power to change. Now, whether you've done everything in your power, which I know so many have when it comes to infertility, to do everything in your power to figure this out, and then coming to the conclusion that there are just some things you just can't change, God will use those things to mold and shape us. 
And he will actually do the changing in our hearts as we surrender those things in our lives that we cannot change. And that is a beautiful thing when we can surrender like that because he, he creates in us who he wants us to be and, and, you know, strengthens us for the road ahead. And we just don't know. We just don't know what God is doing sometimes, but we trust, Mm -hmm. we trust his character and we trust his nature. So I know we talked about before, you know, before we came on that you have not had to walk this road of infertility, but you're walking with friends currently and in the past that have kind of faced this road. And so what are some, what, you know, do you have any encouragement for the girls that are listening today that are walking this road? Yeah, I have been praying with several ladies for this desire of their heart. And no, I have not personally struggled with infertility, but there have been many times in my life where I have struggled with unbelief and I have struggled with doubt, thinking God was holding out on me and wondering what I did to deserve what I have, or why isn't God giving me this yet? And so I think the the feelings can be the same when you don't yet have something that you really, really want. And so my encouragement is just get to know the heart of God. Get to know the heart of God to the point where you are able to say, Lord, I trust you. Even if this never happens, I still Mm -hmm. trust that you are good and that you are using this for my good, even if I don't see it and even if I don't understand it. That level of trust happens only through relationship and only through time spent with him. Take him your broken heart. Take him your anger. Take him your frustration and your disbelief. He can handle it. (laughs) He really can. Um, And you know, God, like I said, God will use the things in our life that we do not like, but we cannot change to draw us closer to him because ultimately what he wants is our heart. He wants our heart so bad that he will use, not that he causes certain things in our lives to happen. We live in a broken world. And things happen. We live in a broken, sinful world. And I don't understand everything, you know, that happens, but God will use those things to bring glory to himself and to bring good to your heart and your life as you trust in him. That is, that is my prayer for anyone is that they just know him, know him, know him, know him, because it will change your life. So good. Thank you so much for that. That was, he will use the things that you do not like, but you cannot change that. That's good. So how can, so you actually have, you mentioned your book, but you also have a podcast. So how can they can, how can they connect with you? Yeah. My sister and I host a podcast called access podcast, and it's all about encouraging women and men. We have some men uh, listeners, but mostly women to encourage them to fight for their mind, their body, and their soul. And so we we love doing that. We have it every week, and you can find that on iTunes. It's one word, Access Podcast, or you can go to accesspodcast.com and find all of our past 
episodes and we would love for you guys to check that out. And then if you are interested in getting my book, you can find it on Amazon. It's called Insecurity and it's spelled I-N underscore security. And um, it's all about breaking free from what holds you back. And so I'd love it if y'all would check that out. I'm on Instagram. I love the Instagram. Um, I'm Anna Lights 09 <laughs> is, my, is my name there. And I'm on Facebook, Anna Lights. And so I'd love to connect with anybody that, you know, from from Kaylee's podcast. And, and I'm just so proud of Kaylee too because of stepping out and doing this. This is such a need. This is such a, a thing that... I think God really placed on your heart and I'm proud of your obedience to do because there are women who need this hope. There are women who need um, to know that there are other people who are going through the same things that they're going through. And I'm just proud of you because I think you're offering a community and you're offering something that is needed um, in this area of infertility. And so I just, I'm really excited for you to see this thing grow and to see it reach people and to give them that hope. And so I just want to tell you good job. Well, thank you. You guys have been so encouraging to me. I, I was just a month out whenever I think I met you guys, you and your sister and y'all are very encouraging. And I've frantically texted you a few times and you've always been so great to respond. So yeah. thank you for helping me along this road. And thank you for coming on today and sharing this awesome, awesome stuff, because I feel like it can be a game changer for, um, for our walks. So thank you. Yeah, it was my pleasure. God will use what we do not like, but cannot change. He wastes nothing. Wow. That was some powerful stuff. I hope you have uncovered some of your own facts and lies. As you listen to Anna today, write them down so that they can be out into the light and hidden no more. The enemy wants us to keep them private. So take that power that he thinks he has Take it away right now. Not today, Satan. Not today. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Joy and Infertility podcast. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Remember, God is with you. He sees your heart. He loves you and he is good. There will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day.